0: What's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Good, man. Um, Really, really glad that we got to connect again today after yesterday's talk. And um, man, I, I took so much away from that conversation coming home and just really thinking about everything that we talked about, the breadth of things that we talked about, as well as the ability to, to go in and out of these rabbit holes on my training and, and some ideas that you had for me as far as the mace. Um, you know, I started using the mace last week that got interrupted with a trip, and then I came back to it. And, man, I, I first want to start by saying I know universe. That the mace is very misunderstood. And I know that's a theme that I keep talking about and going back to. Um, but just a small change that you suggested yesterday when we were on the phone to this morning, which you saw the video that I sent, it, um, it changed the entire dynamic of what I felt. And I already felt really good yesterday, but today it was like, I think it was the glass shattering, you know, of like, you have to face this thing now. And I'm more excited about the mace now than I was even yesterday. So you wanna talk a little bit about what we discussed?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure, thank you. And and thanks for talking again, man. One thing I just wanted to interrupt with separately is really just to thank your audience for some of the most incredible feedback I have ever gotten on any platform we've ever talked on. Uh, after our last talk, um, it, it made me both really excited for this and really nervous for this because, because people are clearly listening and, and Sweet. I have, I have so much respect and appreciation for that. Um, so, and then, and then on to the mace. Yeah. I, I, I'm so glad when, when you, when you had that picture uh, of the tip forward mace squat, um, I just kind of smirked and I was like, man, I was I was predicting what the what the conversation was going to be following that, knowing what it what it feels like for me and what I see people here. And honestly, sometimes what we see from people, especially really strong folks, is just absolute, utter confusion. And it's 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 the idea that, okay, you know, 26 pounds on the end of this handle or, or 30 pounds or even 18 pounds on the end of this handle is is both refining and nearly perfecting a movement but is also so difficult that you just as you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago you simply can't trick it.
0: Oh, you cannot. <laughs> there,
1: there's there's just this immediate accountability based on, you know, strategy and the length of the lever and, and things like that that are that are really so ir- ir- irreplaceable with any other tool and it it just really all does come down to what you said, which is which is tiny details. And you know, the just to address the squat in particular, for many, many years we've squatted with the mace just upright in front. And that's great. It's very hard. But what we started finding is that people with good grips and a strong upper back would end up kind of balancing as opposed to tensioning the mace. They would just kind of hold it stationary yeah. in place, and it still made for very difficult squats, and it made for very accurate and effective accessory squats. But people were starting to figure out how to game it, so I had to figure out how to regame it. Right. <laughs> and and all, all I did is is eventually I was like, okay, well, what's creating this torque and this force that's that's really kind of making this position really ideal and it's just the length of that lever well we're not going to lengthen the lever so now we have to change and adjust the angle and so when when we tip the mace forward even the tiniest little bit as long as our arms are still braced up and our upper back is broad and all that kind of stuff i mean it, it creates this this tip to tail connectivity that I've used to correct and and really kind of just optimize so many people's squats. And and they're fascinated because a lot of times it, it's people that don't think they can squat at a, at a near optimal level. And, and what it really is, and, and it helps us find it, is it's either an inconsistency or a deficiency somewhere, or it's very simply just not being aggressive enough in your tip-to-tail bracing. Oh, for sure. And, and for, for you in particular, like I was extra stoked because I mean, <laughs> quite clearly, you know how to squat and the the photo that I saw and then the, the videos that I saw today are, are I mean, in, in my opinion, and, and if I'm wrong, please tell me, but they are the most organized squats I've I've seen of you.
0: Um, I would, I, I want to agree on that. And I want to kind of reiterate on those, those three rep differentials that we talked about just prior to recording. I think. The first rep that I did, so yesterday, I was very much a challenge, like, and, and I love the point, and I don't want to let people miss it, that you were talking about, they're just kind of passively balanced the, the mace, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And when I thought back to my times using other maces or sledgehammers that I've used, that's very much what it is. It's constantly this left and right kind of jiggle battle in your hands to just maintain it because you're focused on the legs you're just focused on the legs so you want to arbitrarily just keep that sledgehammer in a line where you can move the piston when i picked up the mace yesterday obviously i mean because of the length of it because the weight minus 10 kg so that's about 22 pounds um when you have you know when you have this thing even stacked on your hands the girth of the handle and the weight, it's it's a little different to balance just because the lever, at, you know, the arm is a little bit longer than the typical sledge and longer than your typical mace. So you start to feel that there. Well, as a counterbalance to that instability, I tucked my elbows in, flared the lats and retracted the scapula and then started to tip it forward. Well, through our conversation yesterday, you proceeded to tell me like, you know, that's good, and that's a, that's a good start, but we really strive to get the hands away from the body. We really try to, to tip that hammer away for exactly what she mentioned right there was that tip-to-tail kind of engagement. Because when you've got something that will literally, if it goes a quarter of an inch more down or out in angle – it's going straight to the ground because the wrist just can't sustain that that link in the chain. So, yeah. yeah, it was like trying to find this point. And if you and I'm going to share the video later, kind of as a as a compliment with this podcast. I agree is, is to show that rep one, um, and and this tended to happen. I think when I look back over it, every single set. And this is a new movement pattern for me. This is a squat is a squat as a squat, but the implement and the the way that it. requires Requires the body to work and my mind to think, I'm not just thinking about the piston action. I am thinking about every single aspect, every single muscle, every single finger, how it's gripping the bar or gripping the mace. And yep. on the first rep, there was some instability you know i was trying to counterbalance this thing the second rep got better and the third rep was like i told you it was one of the best feeling and on video one of the best looking squats i can recall ever doing and that was created without me saying or without someone actively watching me saying hey do this hey do this the fact that the mace was either going to rip from my hand or I was going to have to cheat myself and tip it back up forced me to get tighter and tighter as the reps went and on the last rep when I was like okay this is a serious business this isn't just passive movement then it got to the point where I was like man there's something here because it was like my body just it, it worked and like we've talked about I don't care about mobility, I care about accessible functional mobility. You know, I don't care about yeah. being able to do the splits and have, you know, hyperextended knee joints. What I care about is being able to get into the position that I want for my required demand and being able to do so explosively and repeatedly. Period.
1: Well, in 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 those particular realms, the the Mace is self-correcting in a way that I, I haven't found any other tool to be. Um and the, the nice thing also, and, and I think people sleep on this a lot, I know people do because we've seen very few people apply it, but when they do, they never turn back, is that it's such an amazing accessory because it has the same demands, you know, neurological and physical of something, you know, 10 times its weight. But you're not accumulating that same level of attrition. So it's, it's exactly it's a point you made yesterday, which is your body doesn't know if something is a barbell or a kettlebell or a mace or something like that. Um, and then correspondingly to something that that we've been talking about for for a long time, but especially recently, is that skill and strength development really shouldn't be different. They, they shouldn't be looked at as separate. Um, It's really possible to do both at the same time. and, And what that leads to is one always improving the other. We've we've seen a lot of strong people come into our place that had exclusively trained with one tool or another. And the deficiencies are really easy to find and also extremely easy to correct. But it takes patience and it takes a little bit of dropping the ego because you know, if if you can squat, you know, 300 or 400 or 500 pounds on a barbell and you come in and you tip a 12 kilogram, implement forward and you you can't continue to keep a flat back and knees out and all the other good components of a squat heels down and everything else it, it, it can send certain people into kind of a, a mental frenzy that that I, I understand but i just know that it's 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 worthwhile to try and overcome if if progress is really your goal
0: well and it's like we talked about having athletes that get so highly adapted in and- one direction and and kind Jeez. of does yep there's a there's a there's a graph that really helped me kind of understand this and it was it was just looking at things kind of like a, a, a bar graph of sorts. And a perfectly average person is just like a rectangle, right? They, they apply a perfect amount of energy to their school, to their work, to their kids, to their job, whatever it I mean, however you want to slice it, everything gets equal proportion. Well, it starts very low, like on a highly adapted, say, Olympic athlete. You know, he may not have his finances in order. His relationships may be terrible. So they're very, very low. But then they swoop up as it gets towards these athletic endeavors, and what we get when we have somebody who is so hyper-specified, it's actually kind of a cool thing because anything outside of that hyper-specificity begins to elicit a different response, which can
1: Jeez. create more growth, right? Um, should, 100%. And, and there's such an accurate way of describing it also. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you have to take
0: – the one thing that you said yesterday that was really – you said a, a lot of things like you always do that – give me pause. But the one thing that I really, really appreciated was the fact that you differentiated when I said a lot of times guys like that, or guys like myself that were so specific to say one sport, like powerlifting, you know, they either go laterally or they go backwards. To, to begin progressing again. And you stopped me and said, is it really a lateral or, a you know, regressive move if the end result is still positive, you know, if the end result still makes you stronger. And I think if we could preach that message in and of itself, because Jeez. I know so many guys, so many, and I, when I say guys, I, I mean that university guys, girls, whatever. Yep. But I know so many people within the sport of powerlifting One, that will not take time off, and two, that will not vary their implementation to the point that it actually... Like, if you can squat... 500 pounds and go over here and throw a baseball and it makes you squat 505 why would you not throw the baseball you know I mean unless you find something sure we get so singularly focused and, and Instagram is really kind of exacerbated that I do believe um, especially for American athletes because we are that bigger batter faster stronger more kind of culture um, we only look at progress right now we don't think, okay, if I train with a mace for three months and I go back and, yeah, I'm weaker in the beginning, but that laid new foundation for my muscle memory to kick in, my genetics to work better, blah, 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 Like on and down the line, if you took six months to do the same you know, same progression rate or maybe even better progression rate by doing something totally opposite. Like, that's just the paradox that a lot of American lifters don't seem to get. and I I keep going back to American lifters because when I've talked to Finnish lifters, when I've talked to Russian lifters, when I've talked to Chinese lifters, they very much, like, as soon as the competition's over, I only walk and swim for four weeks. And then I start bodybuilding training for four weeks. Weeks and then I start, you know, implement training like for strongman for two weeks and then I return to a powerlifting prep for six months, you know. But powerlifters are like, I'm a powerlifter. Fuck strongman. Fuck weightlifting. Fuck anything else that isn't squat, bench, or deadlift. Weightlifters tend to, you know, we all have our own cliques and, and cultures, but it's like we need to, we just need to realize we're all chasing the same entity, which is strength
1: well you know and and it 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 really does it transcends beyond powerlifting too i mean there's 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 a lot of athletes that they're in a specific mindset with their strength and conditioning whether it be because maybe their trainers a little bit limited in knowledge or or it doesn't really have you know the the toolbox to get them where they need to go but the the idea of positional optimization is is a sneaky one and and, and I've really only seen a few people address it in a way that I really feel is is as thorough as as we're able to, and and what what it really boils down to is positional optimization. Optimization leads to global physical optimization. If, if you if you are you know we use this term all the time, lighting the corners. If if you're looking at the body as a 3D model, and you're looking at every element of that thing as something that you can insulate and improve if you know how and with what. Well, the fact that you're going to be a better athlete is almost insured. You you can't really avoid it. You know, if if your overhead position is only 90% overhead and there's a ton of internal rotation and you're not really pressing with the right muscles, and then all of a sudden a lighter but possibly more truth-telling tool gets you into better positioning, well then, yeah, you may have taken a quote-unquote step backwards in weight, but you've just taken steps to optimize your positioning and, and subsequently will optimize your performance. I mean, it, it's, um, it goes into kind of a little bit deeper well of, of, of a confusion I've had for a long time about how martial artists address, many, many martial artists and fighters address their strength and conditioning. I, I see these hyper-technical, ultra-talented, total animals at their at their sport that that are really just kind of almost like, I don't know, I, like almost casually addressing their strength and conditioning. Yeah, they're getting tired, but the reality is tired is easy. Better is not easy. Yeah. And you have to make the distinction. And the other thing is your trainers have to know how to make that distinction. Simply smashing people into the ground is not really improving their overall constitution and condition. Yet, yes, they're getting used to being tired, But is that really the game? No, the game is to, in the moment of clarity, be more powerful and more positionally accurate and having more physical acuity for everything that you're doing. And I mean, that really that takes tools and it takes strategy. You know, if 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 the barbell or a kettlebell or a mace was a one size fits all tool that I had been convinced could do everything, then we'd be having a very different conversation. But but I mean you know, I don't jump around and beat my chest about it, but I've done this for a long time now and I've paid a lot of attention for a long time. And, and we only add into the soup, what makes it taste better. Yeah. And if, if we can't prove it, then we don't do it. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, you know, something that, that you were saying there that I really, I don't know how to kind of, I don't know how to translate it to someone who hasn't had the gradual progression. And I'm talking, I'm, realistically four to five days into touching the mace, using the mace, moving with the mace as as intended, not just picking it up and getting a feel for it and whatnot. So I am basement level beginner, but you said moment of clarity. And I know that you were talking about it a little bit different in in terms of how I'm going to apply this, but I was thinking about when I squatted my biggest squat Raw, okay. Um, I don't even think I felt this way in Multiply, and that's not a dig on the Multiply guys, but you have, you know, you have briefs on and you have your squat suit on, yep. and that allows you to. It's kind of like a sense of safety. It's it's like getting in a really fast car and putting on a Hans device or putting on a harness seatbelt, so that you know at least you're taking some measure of precaution, right? Okay. Well, with my raw squat, at maximum level, I'm thinking. Okay, everything has to be dialed in. Everything has to be perfect. Can't move my head. Rigidity in the elbows, rigidity in the shoulders, rigidity in the hips, and so on. And that's a maximum level squat. At 500 pounds, there's video of me like doing reps, turning my head, talking shit to somebody walking through the gym, passive with 500 pounds. What I want to stress to people to understand, Well, I did 500, I think, for 20. No, it was uh, 500 for... I think I did 500 for 22 with my best. But that was right around the time that Chad Smith did it, I think, for 27 or so. But nevertheless, I don't want to miss the point on saying that with this 10 kilogram mace, if I keep that thing stacked, I can squat and talk to you. If I start to tip it forward, I have to get a little more focused to pay more attention. If I'm really on that ledge and I'm not talking people need to disassociate maximum intensity or maximum value away from maximum weight. Like you're saying you get the most, you know, if we say it, you get the most juice for the squeeze. That's right. This ten kilogram right. mace at an arm extension level that is uncomfortable, or not uncomfortable, but at the verge of feeling stable, and that thing tipped forward, I was so laser focused, I recognized how much intensity of focus it took, and that's what I was saying, training the body and training the mind in unison, because I cannot tell you the last time I had to, I didn't hear music, there wasn't thoughts On in my head, I was just singularly focused on don't let this thing fall, keep yourself tight. Don't let this thing fall, keep yourself tight because those were the two balancing points of the movement in my head. I wasn't thinking about legs, I wasn't thinking about back, I wasn't thinking about anything. It was like focus
1: and and I, I i agree and concur and and for me for me a lot of the a lot of the adaptations we've made with that type of stuff feels a lot like when you're trying to recover and improve yourself after an injury because you 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 just don't have any there's no possibility of not being fully engaged, or you're just going to get hurt worse. You know, yep. and that that concept also applies well to the fact that we can use certain strategies of bracing and violence of action, and you know, of course, positional things to both develop beginners and continue to improve really, really high level athletes, because in general at any level, those are the things that are left off the table. I mean, I guess if if there was a secret ingredient to to what we do here that that I see is, is maybe the most different is the fact that we will take a lot of time and pause at different safe pieces of a movement that I haven't seen a lot of people do and in transitions simply to make sure that people are not only understanding what they're doing, but they're staying fully engaged because of course, movement is fluid. And once you start developing these adaptations and these abilities, it's possible to flow through things and do them correctly, but not necessarily do them well. Absolutely. And when, you, when you start putting stops and holds and a ton of deliberateness and, and like really just violence into a movement, you're getting so much more out of it with so much less volume, sometimes less weight, and then so much less attrition and in my opinion the, the two the two biggest values there is it leaves a lot in the tank for the actual heavy days and it also leaves a lot in the tank for the other intended applications. I mean, I, I'm the first one to admit that we are not training a group of competitive powerlifters. I've trained competitive powerlifters and it goes great. But our our group is is generalists. So so I want them to be really really good at a bunch of great shit. And what that what that means is not pull 30 things out of a hopper and put them all in the same training day. What it means is we think a lot about the hierarchy of movements. We think a lot about the purpose of the movements and the the energy systems and and things like that. And I mean that's that's really goes a long way to our strategies of movement, our strategies of holds, and then also the tools that we choose. You know. Um, of course there are days that the barbell is the tool. That's it. There are days that the barbell is the first tool and then we'll go down and accessorize the barbell with a kettlebell or a mace in the same pattern or something like that and man it it it's just really effective because when you're maximally engaged in the process you're good, you're just going to take more away from it with less risk and and ultimately isn't that the point of what we're training for?
0: Absolutely and I think that one of the cool things is you know for let's just i keep going back to powerlifting because that's my bloodline so it's like we accept this in the terms of the conjugate method or you know when louis simpson says it but we still have a lot of pushback on the idea that we need these special type accessories or implements or you know specialty bars but the more that i have looked at at training as a life tool rather than just an athletic endeavor um The implementation makes more sense because life is not, you know, this one constant thing of variables. And you and I have talked about, you know, we were talking about grappling yesterday and some of the things that I've done in the last six months from a standpoint of grappling and learning. You know, these situations that the guys that I'm grappling with, they're special forces, so they're not coming into this like, oh, I'm going to a specific martial arts center or a dojo or a gym where we are going through these very... Well constructed, very well rehearsed moves. They're throwing all kinds of adaptations at me. They're throwing all kinds of real situations at me, and it doesn't matter if it's a, a stick, a knife, a gun, whatever. Whatever I could get my hands on to get the upper hand, that's what I'm going to use. Why would I not apply that same thing that I would think about in a violent situation, a life or death situation? Why would I not think about that for training? Like whatever it's going to give me the best result, why not use that?
1: And, and you're 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 you're. Really- really speak in our language. I mean, function and proof are are two of the holy grails of of strength and conditioning. And, and, uh, you know, without being negative towards anyone in particular, of course, I see less of them all the time. And and when when we and, and, you know, I I I give a lot of credit to martial arts and and I know some people that have heard me talk before are probably sick of hearing it. But I believe that coming from a, a strange variety of martial arts to start out, And being involved in martial arts for quite a while before getting into strength and conditioning was was the most valuable piece of this entire transition, because I I came in with no preconceived notions, but a really good concept of the fact that this has to be similar enough to work together. If, If all you're doing is a linear pattern with a very specific set of parameters and, you know, your adaptation is very, very different than that. Then you're not really you're not really syncing anything up. And meanwhile meanwhile, if all you're doing is say you are a competitive powerlifter, I can absolutely guarantee that moving more linear ways, insulating corners that you may not think about, and and just kind of like changing the stimulus in order to change the response is is, a, is an extremely effective strategy to make progress. Well, it just
0: seems like it would be it would almost seem like that would be rule number one you know it's like
1: um, it is it's like uncommon common sense and and it's it's getting it's getting more common right but I think it's taking a long time because you know we say often also non-glamorous and it it really is you know um it's 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 not nearly as flashy it may not necessarily to some be nearly as much fun but realistically at the end of the day when your performance excels and people are confused at how it happened that's pretty fucking fun
0: Oh, listen, I don't want to, you know, I saw a post the other day from uh, Jim Windler, and I was reading about it. And he was talk he was bragging on his kids, you know, just their effort and the improvements that they had made and whatnot. And he's working at a high school football. And he's got these kids training and he's like we don't do fancy movements we don't do a bunch of crazy stuff he's like but we do the basics really really well yeah and
1: i've always loved him i mean he's he's someone who i consider myself a fan of oh yeah absolutely i mean
0: he's a guy much like yourself that I think you know it's very easy to, to look at at a distance and put into a box and, and just dismiss or you know fall completely in love with as far as the fact that you say what you feel is as a trainee or in a coach and you say it with conviction but you also back it up with proof and his kids are winners you know what I mean so that's right you, that's right. you can have these people out here doing and not to offend anyone that does these things but you can have these specialized speed coaches that these specialized receiver coaches, these specialized running back coaches, and on and on and on and on and on. Or you can just have a coach that understands football and and a strength coach that understands lifting. And when you put those two heads together, and guess what? Two very masculine males come together and communicate well good things happen. And I think that's what we've got to look at now is just how can we learn from more people that we've maybe not characterized as worth learning from in the past and expand ourselves. I mean, that's, that is one of the goals that I have when I get on Instagram every single day is to find a coach or to find an athlete that moves my needle forward. And and why wouldn't you do that like why would you only access to watch somebody else's highlight reel or to make yourself feel bad you know i use instagram to try to find people that are sharing good and that post by jim just stood out to me because once again here's jim windler saying it doesn't have to be fancy it doesn't have to be shiny just do the hard stuff and do it well you know
1: and and one thing to that too is is yeah even if those kids aren't going to win every single football game of the year i can i can unequivocally Guarantee that Mr. Wendler's trainees, if they see someone being bullied, they're going to stand up for them. If they if they are treated with respect and are given a firm handshake, they're going to return that. Like, there, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to sound-minded basics um, from trustable people than simply the physical performance. And and we see that a lot too. Um, and and just a, a, a few simple things that I believe contribute to what you said, which is people getting put in a box and sometimes overlooked um, is one, we have, we have a lot of girls at our place that pound for pound in in the training capacity and in the trainee capacity are the finest I've ever worked with. And it's, it's sleepy because I think people look at what they're doing And they say, okay, well, you know, this is a kettlebell gym. So, yeah, okay, this 150-pound girl can squat a 150-pound kettlebell, but that's all they do. Um, One, definitely not the case. And... (laughs) And and two, the direct transfer to the stuff we don't show all the time because everyone in the world shows barbell lifting every day and no one needs to see any more of it, to be totally honest. Um, Their their corresponding big three are incredible. Um, They're phenomenally well positioned. And that's not just the girls. That's everyone that trains with us. So we've, we've often gotten some flack from people on the fact that like, they they misperceive what we do as as they misperceive our details as one of those types of paralysis by analysis, like nerd fests, where people yeah. just, you know, they say a bunch of words that they barely understand and they confuse the trainees and and they seem intelligent in a small, closed circle. Um, right, right. That, that's that's in no way what we're up to in any way, shape or form. Um, and, and then the other thing that that's kind of weird to mention, but it, I think it's important is. If you lined up a high level CrossFit gym membership um, and our membership next to each other, um, it's going to look like um, you've you've seen the documentary Dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to it's going to look a little bit more like that. But the only thing that we have in common with Dodgeball is that we're fucking winning in the end. Right. And so we, we don't have as many spray tan six packs. But I can absolutely guarantee that anyone that trains with us can move through every single major movement pattern with consistency and acuity, power and violence, and can stay technical and composed throughout the entire thing. And and so, yeah, we're not as we're not as fanatical about exactly their diets. We're not as fanatical about, about certain other, you know, appearance based things because realistically we stay focused and we stay in our lane and we always give guidance when it's needed on that stuff. But realistically, we want people to perform the way that they want to perform with the life that they live and if if they're if they're not if they're not you know diet obsessed i don't say that in a negative way but if they're not diet obsessed but their performances are still great and what they need to be doing then great um so so we obsess over less things that that appear showy and more yeah. things that, that really kind of sneak by uh but i think that's a really important distinction to make
0: well i do too and i think that something that's very interesting you know uh, I don't know how much you follow Laird Hamilton, but I'm a big fan of his and what Gabby you're trying to do out there. Oh yeah, yep. Um, you know, I heard him talking about his diet one time, and you know, of course, he's he's a guy that just consumes large amounts of healthy food. I'm- he's like, he's like, I don't want to be this delicate thing that only can eat one line of food he's like yeah the majority 80 to 90 percent of my food is good clean stuff he's like i want to be a tank that can go through anything so yeah Yeah. i'm gonna have the cheeseburger every once in a while i'm gonna have the pizza and the lasagna and it doesn't affect his performance because his performance isn't based around a six-pack that's right that's right. And, and I think uh, one of the I cannot remember the guy that said this, but he was a football player and he was 20 years old when he said it. And I was giving him shit about uh, overeating, you know, and he was like, Spartans were uh, ripped because they were on a diet. They were ripped because they were hungry and fighting wars every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, yeah. it was like they'd probably fought even better had they had better nutrition. And I was like, you know what, kid, you win today. Uh, But it was, it was just, it was a cool moment for me that didn't stick well enough until I started kind of this transition right now, because I don't have abs. I mean, I can, I can flex really hard and maybe grunt one or two out, but it's like, I'm lean, you know, I'm lean, but I'm not, I'm not depriving myself from things because there's no benefit for it. Like when I take my shirt off, I'm lean. When I put my pants on, they snap. Um, When I when I get my blood work, I'm healthy. It, it doesn't seem to add, like, why would I add more stress if what I'm doing right now is achieving every result that I want, which is I'm getting stronger, I'm in less pain, I'm moving better, I'm sleeping better, uh, my excitement level for life is higher. It, you know, it, it's kind of complimentary, and it's like if I was sitting here bashing my head over the fact that I didn't have a six-pack, all that would be for naught.
1: Well, I mean, pe- people a lot of people blur the line between performance and appearance and it, it's it's really kind of it, it's interestingly cultural I mean it, it 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 really is something that you know certain fitness brands have have kind of cultivated and created and everyone wants to look their best I mean that's that's great we, we applaud that and in no way am I saying like if you look terrible and you feel worse accept exactly how you are because improvements are possible of course but but as you said also there's a value to insulating yourself in a way that allows you to perform and look away that you're comfortable without jumping so far down the rabbit hole that that is your only perception of success. And, and I think, I think that's where we, we put forth a very healthy message to, to all of our people. And even a lot of the people that we, that we reach and train remotely and everything like that. Um, I mean, that that's just never going to be our hardest focus. We, we, we choose, we choose to hyper obsess on, details and deliberateness and, you know, proof of process and, and things like that. And then we, you know, we kind of let the personal chips fall as they may and, and we help wherever we can or wherever we're asked. But, you know, we're never going to we're never going to obsess over that type of stuff because just it's just I, I feel that it's it's far secondary to the real priority, which is making people better and healthier and happier and, and safer and stronger let's talk
0: about something that you do obsess over and let's just delve a little bit into, to the video that I sent you, you know, what you, what you are very good at. And what I immediately appreciated when you responded back to the video was your understanding of nuance, your understanding of, you know, a high level detail and a focus on what you're watching, you know, um, my squat, and like I said, I want to post this in conjunction with the release of this podcast so that people can watch it. Um, what did you see, and what was your immediate feeling as far from a standpoint of, okay, I can really help this guy, or man, his knee is a lot worse than I realized, because I did kind of divulge some more. Sorry, I've got the cicadas out here going just absolutely crazy, if you can hear them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I also like to... I'm sitting in my garage looking at the mace right now. I've got my gym around me. So it's like this, this felt like home for, for this I think, podcast. I
1: think next time we do this, I'm going to do it from the gym. I, it was funny you you said that. I thought about that when we started the call. Next time I'll do it there. Um, yeah.
0: Well, but so, so that, to, answer, to get back to the knee thing, like I'd love to hear your detailed thoughts.
1: Well, I mean, that, that video was awesome. And, and I was, I was, man, I I was really pleased to see it because it it did exactly what I had hoped it would do. Um, I I can't wait to see it forward. But then knowing knowing what you told me about the knee and then and then watching that video and looking for a few things, um, I I guess just to preface it. So the, the, the tiny adjustments have paid such dividends in so many people that I've trained over the past, you know, very many years that that's something that I've I've Begun to kind of systematically keep in my pocket, and and of course there's a playbook for it, but then there's also just kind of um, a nuance to it that it has to be observed in each independent person. I I, I believe based on experience, um, and anecdotal evidence that that I can improve positioning and and optimize performance in in truly anyone walking the earth, and and that's even saying like someone at a very very high level that is at the top of their game the notion that they cannot improve is faulty. Everyone can improve always. And it's just the tiniest little things, but it's also what builds the tiniest little things. So when I, when I watched your, when I watched your leg and, and noticed that it did, and you told me and also noticed that it doesn't go hundred percent straight. um, a, A couple experiences I've had is, is one, my own leg did not do that for a while because of some nerve issues after a surgery. Um, it took a lot of patience and, and some, some pretty significant discomfort, but I, I knew that it was fixable because I knew that it was essentially part of my body, at least getting false information. The, the other experiences we've had were one was, was a girl who was in a serious motorcycle accident, um, and, and came in and, and had some, you know, pretty limited function in, in the damaged leg. And, and some of those strategies all of those strategies really just kind of flooded into my mind when we were talking about, about your leg. And from, from a specific standpoint, one thing that we've had good luck with is, is, you know, people use single leg lifts for a lot of different stuff. And most of the time I see them done with at least one or two holes in the boat, if not more, because I'm not sure exactly what the purpose is when, when, when when I think about using one leg over the other, in my opinion, it's, it's to recover some type of position or to build some type of imbalance in that in that leg. One of the best ways that we found to do it is if you're standing in a perfect hinge, so essentially feet straight forward, relatively narrow, and you offset both the bad leg forward and the bad leg backwards, but only just a little bit. So like the feet are essentially almost lined up halfway. So like your left toes would be at the middle of your right foot. Um, And then you do something like you take a mace in the good morning position. You take a dowel in the back rack position. um, You take a couple of, of, at first, very moderate weight kettlebells in the suitcase position and pushing into the heel of that back leg. You're, you're essentially flossing, but forcing the front leg straight because the back leg is the kickstand, and now the front leg has less responsibility so it can move with a little more freedom and confidence. Perfect. So th- that's, that's a very, very minor thing, but, but as it improves, you either move the foot back or you move it forward, and then the way that you test retest is switching your feet. So then the good leg is in front, the back leg is the kickstand, and then you're figuring out how they compare yours compare, compare compare contrasting um and in in the squat in particular one thing that we've done is is with a hammer or a mace or or one one other way we've done it well is is with a bumper plate held at the sides with the third point of contact in the bumper plate being your forehead so you've got like a you've got like a really really strong stable squat base um turning your toes out every single little five or ten degrees Almost like starting in a conventional squat stance and then turning them out as far as you can towards a sumo stance and seeing if there's any spot there where the leg actually does exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, and, and, And once you've established if that's the case or not, then you know a lot about how to come forward. those those are some those are some movement type strategies from a mobility type strategy. and, And this is, you know, I'm not trying to step out of my lane here. There are people that are mobility experts. But one thing that we are experts in is functional mobility. How do you get body parts to move the way that they're supposed to without getting them to move so far past that range that they're no longer functional and powerful? And one thing that people forget about a lot is all that junk that's gummed up behind the knee. So when, when, um, when people come in with, with a short hamstring or when people come in without being able to fully lock a leg out based on an injury or even just a real significant strength imbalance, one of the first things we'll do is have them take a, a lacrosse ball or a golf ball and put it behind that leg and then slowly, carefully squish that thing forward, almost like you're squeezing a tube of toothpaste. And a, a lot of times there's junk behind that knee that hasn't really been fully addressed. And as it starts to loosen up, you'll at least buy yourself a little bit of range. And then also you circle back and try it alongside those movements that I just mentioned. And then you're just basically doing a test retest circuit to see what's working and what isn't. Um, that's probably really boring. So, I mean, we can go over more of that stuff, you know, one-on-one, but but j- just to, just to, just to put out there that, in, unless the damage is is truly just catastrophic there is almost always a movement plus mobility strategy to get it back to where it needs to be well i
0: think to me i think that's fascinating and i think that you know you know some of the stuff that you're talking about makes sense because there are angles where my my leg will work better but you know i think my and I would think that a lot of people that are going through injury feel this. It's like, yeah, it works well in this one plane, but it's still fucked up everywhere else. you know. So yep. in totality, instead of saying, oh, wow, I found this place where it moves better than any other stance or position that I can recreate. Instead of celebrating that and expanding from that, you're like, ah. It's just
1: fucked up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, of- and, and it's real. It's an easy trap to fall into, and believe me, man. I mean, like I've, I've fallen into that trap. I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I, we don't need to jump back down the rabbit hole, but but after that surgery went bad for me in 2012, man, I, there were th- that were that were just that had previously been so in my wheelhouse that it, it it's hard not to just feel like fuck this, you know? And yeah. and but. But the reality is you, you just you just can't concede to that you 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 can't let you can't let that win if if what you want is physical performance then sometimes you have to adapt around the the cards you're dealt and other times you have to restack the deck and and that that's part of what it is with with really detailing out fix it strategies with people is w- we're not willing to just Throw our hands up and say, "Okay, well, yeah, you're you're just not going to squat below parallel because it doesn't make any sense. We're, we're not going to make we're not going to make compromises of quality when we think we can dig a little deeper and actually fix the problem." Um, and and you know it, it, another another just quick one um, thinking about what, what you're what you're going through with your leg and what I'm sure a lot of people are is is using a front versus a back foot bias. So you so you'll take a ten pound or a fifteen pound bumper plate. And then applying the same strategies that we just talked about, putting it in the front of the foot, so you're you're propping your foot up on the bumper plate um, around the knuckles of the foot, and then in the back you're just placing your heel on it, and then you're seeing if it if it may even be an ankle issue that has been correspondingly causing trouble in the knee, and so so there's there's ways to there's ways to dissect an awful lot of stuff that that do take some patience and some durability. Um, and, but something else that is important to highlight, and then we can talk about something that isn't so boring to everybody, is is those can be excellent training days on their own, because if you're putting enough effort in to actually find what you're looking for, you're going to be tired. You're going to feel taxed, you know, um, mo- moving hard in recovery and suboptimal positions is exhausting (laughs) so people would probably not immediately think about that as as like a high level training day but but i mean i've had days where i've basically done nothing except for tried to fix myself and done some experimentation with movement patterns and and it's some of the most tired i've ever been
0: so what i want to kind of pick your brain on and obviously you've never you never put hands on my leg you've never seen my leg like up close and examined it but on the scale of the belief that nothing is static it can either get better or worse you do see hope for me to improve my knee
1: well so if, if it straightens out and look if, if, some, if some high level super doctor wants to talk shit they can go ahead but, but, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've literally taught tens of thousands of classes of handfuls of people for the last 16 years. And I have never injured anyone attempting to help them recover from injury or improve their performance. And so, so while what I'm saying may not be like 100%, you know, by the book, whatever um, we call it adaptive non-science. If, if your leg goes straight in an off angle but in the angles that you're working primarily in, it still doesn't. In my opinion, it will, it just hasn't. Right. And the also the, the ability that you have also to lift well and still perform at a high level with it shows me that the damage is is not so significant that it's inhibiting your progress. It's just it's just significant to right now be inhibiting the very, very upper levels of your progress. Yeah. So so in, in, in my opinion, of course, like and once we get once we get up and like and start looking at this stuff a little more closely in person, you know, we'll be able to tell a little bit more. But I, I would be shocked if if you tried the handful of things that we just talked about and something didn't give, I, I, w- I will be shocked. And, and I will also eat my hat if it doesn't, because because I I don't mind being wrong. I learn from being wrong in the same way that I learn from being right. Um, but I would be really curious to see what happens. And I, and I believe you'll at least buy yourself something that opens another door. Well,
0: and that's, you know, and I think that if you really want to call yourself, you know, or, or say that you're in the pursuit of something, that's what it is. You, 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 an idea until you find another idea or that's the right stimulus that you're applying gets the result that you're after so i'm very very excited and i mean not to not to put any extra burden on you as far as like to to want to help me more because you're obviously in that model now but man it's just awesome to be excited to heal again you know for it's, so long
1: it, it's it like and 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 I, th- I think I think what you just expressed is also something that I feel a lot from people. It, it, it's like an anti-burden. I mean, pe- people, people get into training. A lot of people get into training because, you know, they, they want to train the thoroughbred athlete. They want to have their picture with the superstar and all this kind of stuff that that is the absolute polar opposite of why I got into strength and conditioning on a training side of things. And I, I really love working with high level people because I can always help them. And it's actually really easy, but, what what i think is the most valuable and what i put the most time and energy into is 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 optimizing people that absolutely need it the most and and i mean i i think that's that's like I don't know, man, like that's a weird art form. Like, we, you know, I, I can't wait for you to visit. And, and anyone else that's listening, you, you, of course, welcome to visit some of the stuff that we pull off in this room. You know, I, I say with humility, but but I mean, it's really nuts. It's something else, you know?
0: Well, and, and the thing that I want to impress upon people, it's, it's much like what you said in the beginning, too, about people from this community, people from this page, reaching out and sending comments. You know, I've gotten to watch a lot of not only the people that train in your gym via Instagram and the stuff that they share, but affiliates, you know, and people that are supportive and using your training. And I think that you set such a high level of expectation, not only for them, but for yourself. You've got a really unique pattern of line that people hit you know, they, they do things so well, they do things so clearly and intentionally. It's it's just a, a a very cool thing to see. And I'm very thankful that you offered that to anybody that might get the chance to come and visit inside the walls there. Uh, I'm going to make that trip. You know, I would encourage anybody to, and hell, we might even, I just try to, I don't want to overburden you, but I know that uh, Casey would probably come out when I came over there, but hell, if we could Get three or four people there and i'd buy lunch for everybody you know if somebody made the trip out we just get some food and talk training and and get better
1: yeah. i mean and we've and anytime that happens we we love it it's um it's something that's worth setting up and putting effort into and and we're, we're happy to do it anytime. time we, we have our yearly event convergence um but i have been thinking about and talking to our people about having a few other smaller versions of that because we just get requests all the time because I, I think at at a certain point people can look at what we're doing and it piques their curiosity to the point where they, they it they just have to reach out, you know, and, and yeah. I, I respect it and I I, I love it because it, it, it really just feels like it was almost forced. Like they just they couldn't they were bubbling over and they just couldn't not say hello. <laughs> well that's you know,
0: my buddy Brandon, I think he messed it up to you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. great. So- You know, and he's just a, he's a guy that that I've been a client of mine for a few years. And when I stepped away from the online coaching, just to kind of like really figure out what I'm doing next with my online coaching, he started working with Terrence and then he found your stuff and just got excited again. And he's one of those guys that he's done so much and he's used to having these progressive waves where it's like. Okay, I've lost the twenty pounds. I've put thirteen or thirty pounds on my uh, bench press or whatever it is. He's used to that progression. Well, he had kinda gotten to a point where, you know, he was he was looking for new things, new ideas. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I'm very, very glad that he turned on to your stuff because I, I want to say it again for people that just want to do a simple YouTube or Google search of what brigade gym videos. I mean, like we were talking yesterday, the catalog is dense, have <laughs> so much information out there and so much quality coaching that I just don't see. And let me say this. I see a lot of coaching, <clears throat> but I don't see the quality. And then second of all, I certainly don't see a lot of people looking at coaching athletes the way that you do. So, Make sure that if you're if you're listening to this, understand that the platform goes much further than just Greg's words on this podcast. There is literally an entire library of, of movement and ideas and thoughts constructed so that anybody can easily access it, you know? Um, and,
1: and we, we we we've well, first of all and foremost, thank you. Um, the, the the movement library has at this point, 150 simple demonstrations with clear, concise bullet points. Um, we, we, we had some paid platform videos on Vimeo. And I just, I don't know, man, I, I'm silly about a lot of this stuff. We've talked about this too, but I just wasn't feeling it. So we put them up for free on YouTube. So there's there's a mace lifting for strength training one. Um, there, there's a there's a clinic I did out at San Suu Tulsa, which is an incredible martial arts gym out in Tulsa. Um that was kind of a, a movement improvement, but also really corresponded to martial arts. That's up there for free. A lot of the stuff from Convergence. And then also a ton of other just sneaky stuff. Like we've made some mace compilations. Um, we have some really, really old training videos on there. Like some of the first mace demonstrations we ever did in like 2008 and such. Um, and, and then also on Wolf Brigade site, there's years and years and years of, of daily documented applicable detailed training. And that's separate from our only paid platform, which is the subversive fitness site, which, which we literally have people in there doing exactly what we're talking about remotely every single day right now. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, in my opinion, there are some real undiscovered gems there. And, and, and I, I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't have a hundred percent confidence that they could improve whoever ends up seeing them.
0: Well, I, I certainly second that because, I mean, it's it's very interesting stuff to me. And I think the intentional portion of, of your approach to lifting is what I really, really like because, you know, you see these guys go to the gym and they just it, – it's almost like a social hour wrapped into, yeah, I'll get some benefit by doing these things, you know. I never get the feel that it's non-social, But I also never get the feel that it's anything but intentional when I watch your stuff and I watch your members. um, And that may be that may be far from the truth, but that's just what I feel.
1: Well, it's, uh, it, it, it's actually, it's actually not, it's, it's, it's spot on. And, and I I'll, I'll tie back to martial arts again And some of the, some of the most effective and thorough martial arts classes I've ever been in um, were so specific and detailed and like quote unquote serious, you know, no no one's screaming and yelling and, and hazing people, but there's a deliberateness and a focus there because There's an understanding that without that, you lose a lot of the value. Um, I mean, there's a place for casual and it's not in a heavy, hard training day where there's high expectations. And so within our training room, we we classes start on the hour. We warm up specifically every day. There's a daily warm up and then a specialty warm up. The daily warm up grooms all the basic patterns uh, the weights are moderate but aspirational and then the specialty warm up is is things is elements of what we're going to do in the training day people warm up reconvene at the board and then we narrate the board and and, and it's not this obsessive half hour you know like self-aggrandizing talk fest but we want to make sure that everything we do is clearly understood and able to be applied by all levels that are in the class and and Man, I've been to a, a, a lot of martial arts classes in my life and a lot of strength and conditioning classes, and I've never seen a class run like ours. P- people tend to eschew group training, especially like, quote-unquote, strong, experienced people, uh, but it's because they've never been to a class like ours.
0: Well, I think that's the best part of it is that, you know, people can come to you, and, and this is actually a perfect segue to one of the talking points that I, I wanted to go over with you, <clears throat> You are different. I mean, I think you would classify that as as a self compliment. Being different is good. Um,
1: there are there, there is many days there is many days that I wish that we weren't.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I get it. <laughs> but you know, we talked about the idea of, of counterculture, and you know, this is a hard pace change from high science and focus on training to just more of like who you are and some of the some of your opinions on things and
1: I mean it is it is and it isn't. You know it's it's right. it's 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 two sides of the same coin.
0: For sure. But your culture within the, the idea of counterculture is kind of a it's an interesting thing for me right now because you look around at, at and I don't want to make this political but I do want to make the point society, at least from a culture standpoint, seems very, very fractured. You know, we have these very segmented uh, groups of people that even self, you know, they separate themselves even into micro groups. But what you have done through a time where I think separation is a hot topic word, you have brought people closer together. You've insulated even more and you've really held true to the values of what you're about. What is it about a counterculture that has actually outpaced, you know, maybe call it mainstream culture to become the most solid entity of culture within the group. You know what Man. I mean? Like did I, I mean, say that right? That was a pretty poor representation Well, how no, I, I feel, but
1: I I understand exactly what you're saying. And it, it, it it's like like a lot of the stuff that you say, it's like sharp enough where it kind of knocks me off my feet for a second. Um I, I mean I'll say I'll say this and then I'll and then I'll turn a corner a little bit within within Wolf Brigade. We have cops. We have criminals. We have librarians. We have fighters. We have people that are insanely dedicated to training and making progress every day. We have people that are coming there three times a week and staying extremely progressive, but have such a full life outside of that, that that that's all they can devote. And they all get along seamlessly within that training context. We have people that are in their sixties. We have people that are in their twenties and it's, it's, it, it is, it, we have people of all ethnic backgrounds. We have people of all financial backgrounds. I mean, and that has always been how my facilities and places that I've worked have been. Um, and, and I, I, I don't think I would want it any other way. I, I don't want, I don't want homogenized. I never have. And I never will. And when, when it comes to, that, that type of mindset, I mean, you know, and again, to beat a drum that others have heard before, but, but I, I, I got into the mindsets of, of unconventional pursuits early, 12, 12 years old, you know, and, and when you're 12 years old, you're so impressionable and, and you're so naive, but, but you're also just so wide-eyed and like excited, you know, and, and one thing that stuck with me early and 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 I think something that 's one of the biggest frustrations for me now because we've we 've been um, we 've been slapped with some really really unflattering insults in the last couple of years and one of the things that's the hardest to handle is, is I believe that part of the reason that I'm susceptible to that stuff is, is because of my acceptance of everyone in a way that people just truly don't understand. Um, and, and that's not trying to make myself seem different or better than anybody else, but we we accepted everyone early on in, in BMX bike riding and hardcore music and all this kind of stuff, simply because we had felt so much rejection that, we never wanted to be a party to that, you know, and and even when certain even when certain segments of, of hardcore became, you know, really polarizing, straight edge and things like that. We believed what we believed and our beliefs were a lot the same, but we didn't kick anyone to the curb that didn't believe that because it just didn't make any sense to us. We wanted to be around people that were supportive. We wanted to be around people that were positive and moving forward. And and of course that ebbs and flows. And and by no means am I saying that I have not had negative periods of my life. I absolutely have. But but they've never transcended into anything like, like despicable or unconventionally like hateful or anything like that. And part of the reason that we're so accepting now is because we just appreciate so much like what the opposite feels like. I mean, I've, I've been an outsider in things I've created my entire life. And, and that takes a heavy toll. But one thing it does is, is makes you hyper aware of making people feel included. And that's, that's one of the most important things that I, that I offer is I don't have to agree with everybody if I philosophically disagree with you in a way that we cannot overcome, um, then either you go or I go, but that is the rarest of, that is the rarest of circumstances and really only based on either like an entirely softness of constitution or some type of like, like bigotry or polarizing based on something involuntary. You know, if, if someone wants to hate a person or a group of people based on something they can't control, I don't want you around me. However, I understand that, that a place like ours in order to continue to function at a high level has to be some level of a meritocracy. People have to earn their keep, but it isn't based on anything other than kindness and integrity and willingness to work and, and that type of thing. So, you know, that, that's a big circle around counterculture, but, but one of the things counterculture taught me the hardest and the earliest was you have to learn to live with rejection and you have to learn to live with you know, being judged for things that may or may not be real, but that you should never put that on others because you know how fucked up it feels and you know how harmful it can be.
0: Brother, that's, you know, I, that's one of the things that a lot of people, I think, I, I told uh, you yesterday, a, yesterday, you know, you I, know, know I feel like a, a paradox, in not, not, not who not I am, like but am but how, I'm, how perceived I'm perceived a lot of times, times because a lot of times people assume that I'm very uh, outgoing and kind of a life of the party kind of person and with yeah. the people that I love yeah. and with my closest friends absolutely I am but in a in a room full of strangers I'm very much a back against the wall in the corner kind of guy and not because I'm like scoping the room it's just like I don't know where I fit and a lot of that stems yeah. from when I, when I was a kid you know, I was, I was on the math Olympiad team. I was in the chess club. I was doing a lot of like, you know, I was carrying around, uh, the, the, the full collection of Sherlock Holmes in the third grade. I was reading Tolkien after Man, that. And I, you that's know, awesome. uh, <laughs> that but I was also awesome. I was also playing like baseball and soccer and basketball yeah. and swimming yep. and diving. And what I realized and I, I put this in a post not too long ago, um, I never learned how to make friends or maintain friends because my friends were always like supplemental to the sport that I played, you know, and a lot of my friends played multiple sports. So while we were always around each other, I never learned to like cultivate a friendship. I never learned how to stoke a dying friendship when it you yep. know. So because, oh, well, I'll just see them next time we play basketball or I'll see them next season for soccer or swimming yeah. or diving. I never really learned that. And then the other side of that coin was, you know, because I wasn't just a basketball player or just a soccer player or just a swimmer or whatever, um, it kind of put me in this nucleus position where I had friends in so many directions. I was still the last phone call on Friday night because I wasn't at this like mercurial level of, of intensity, even though I cared so much about all these things, it was like I I had too much diversity in my life from, you know, from the things that I was involved in and whatnot that I wasn't able to fully give myself to those friend groups. So while I had casual friends and while the yearbook picture might look like I had a ton of friends in high school, I never really had any depth of, of real friendship, you know, until college and even then it was still kind of broken and fractured i think only in the last five or six years have i really learned how to build a friendship how fucking crazy is that
1: well i mean it's it's crazy but it's not crazy and especially not crazy to someone like me because i i really understand that sports dichotomy also i mean i i i I found bmx bike riding early but i still did other sports I, i wrestled for a while i played lacrosse really well but the, the camaraderie and and kind of the realness of of the of the the freaks and oddballs that I was meeting through action sports and then through hardcore, you know, made you know kind of these trivial attitudes of of a lot of these other people in sports, just like you said, like like they're they're not going to call me, you know, because I'm not I'm not a diehard whatever, and so my my interest in those things waned on a philosophical level far before it waned on a physical level. I mean, I still love wrestling. I still go throw a lacrosse ball around with my brother in the park, but, but my interest in that was so much less simply because like, I didn't feel like a part of it in any way, shape or form. I didn't feel like part of a team. And, and, and it's not like with BMX, you feel like part of a team, but, but at the time too, those, those scenes were so small that if there were three or four people and they were all dedicated to something, man, they were dedicated to it. You know, if if there was a travel to go on, everyone got called. If there was a session to go have, you know, everyone was there. And it's, you know, if, if there was a show, man, you, you scraped and took buses and walked and rode your bike to those shows. And, and it was, it was just different, you know? So I, I really can relate to that. Um, I think on a, on a, on a negative side for me is, is, I (laughs) I don't compartmentalize well when things have have taken me out. And and I I think I've I think I've been worse than I should be at maintaining and and keeping friendships um, simply because I I I do tend to feel like a liability. Um, And uh, I know a lot of times that's flawed, but it's just something I'm still working on. Like, that's definitely a shortcoming of mine.
0: Well, you know, it's funny Uh, Some of the texts that I'll get, you know, when you're young, you just don't think about things. But as I got older, I started thinking about things uh, as they would happen and comparing it to different situations and whatnot. And I used to get the text a lot of, hey, you never reach out for me. But when I reach out to you, you're always willing to talk. And it's like I always felt like I was burdening someone if I reached out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I don't know what really conditioned that other than the fact of, I think through hard lessons in my life, I learned that people really only value when you're offering them something. And when you're not, when you're just this entity in their life, it, it started to feel like a burden because, you know, after my injury, of course, I was working with a bunch of companies and, and you know, I don't want to bad mouth anyone, but there were companies that were like, oh, man, whatever you need, we're here for you. We support you. And then the text messages started just going unreturned um, when I would say, like, hey, how you doing? That kind of stuff. I just didn't hear back.
1: Man, I, I mean, I took that to heart. I, well, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the corresponding nature of, of what we're talking about seems like we would have had to preplan it. But like for, for me, the scenario you just outlined wasn't an injury. But um, when I moved to California in 1999, I, I worked and worked at and subsequently ran a, a bike company that we had turned very, very successful. Um, and, and it ended up really kind of at the top of the food chain within the industry we were in. And, um, you know, for for a while, I was the toast of the town. and And, and what that brought was Exactly what you said. A lot of people who were interested for the right reasons. Um, more than that, there were interested for the wrong reasons. And then a ton that just hated the fact that that it was someone like me in a position like that. Um, and and then that ended uh, pretty abruptly and in a relatively negative way in 2004. And man, yeah, exactly what you said, too. Like that 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 tidal wave turned into a trickle in, in a matter of a, a short period of time. And it, it, in, to turn that negative into a positive, it did, though, really show me who was who, because there were certain people that stuck and stayed and even left the company along with me and things like that. And then that's how you knew that, like, that was someone who you would fall back to. Um but but that's that's the kind of thing that that, you know, in people that already tend to towards this, that can erode some self-confidence and and that can do some that can do some pretty lasting damage. And I know it, I know it did for me. Um, and and I, I still know that that's one of my shortcomings is, is man, I just uh, I tend to isolate because I'd rather be isolated than annoy anybody. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I totally get that too. And I mean, that's, I'm good alone. You know, I'm, I can, I haven't always trusted my decision-making as far as like to make a good decision. But when my back's against the wall or there's a fight on my hands, um, and, and not to say that like I'm a, I'm a badass, but like I, I'm willing to go tooth to tooth, nail to nail, you know what I mean? And, um, I'm willing yeah. to fight for myself. And I wish that I was willing to do that more so in areas when my back wasn't pressed against the wall, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah maybe, yep. maybe stand my yep. ground a little sooner. And <sighs> it, it's yep. just, it, I don't even know that it's, I don't know that it's stand my ground so much as it's like, I don't want to deal with any of the bullshit. Like, I just want to fucking do my thing and go forward. And kind of another point to bring up about why I feel you know, people message me online like what changed or how did you change? I realized through my rise, I would call it that, my rise in quotations, that happened very quickly and my fall, literally and figuratively, figuratively, was was even faster than that. It was instantaneous. So I understood now that if you build something really fast, it can it can be lost just as quickly or even faster. Yeah. So why yeah. rush to build something on sand, you know, and, and I'm grateful for, for what you've done and what you've shared with me and really digging into your work. Cause like I said, I found it before. It was just like hearing a, a song about a breakup when you've never been through a breakup. It just didn't resonate at the time. Yeah. And then when I come back to it it's like, Holy shit, this is stuff that's recuperative, restorative and also progressive. Those were the things that I was looking for, and it made sense. But the the silver lining for finding your work was this is not a fast track model. (laughs) Something that has taken time to cultivate and build, but also it's it's impregnable at this point, right? It's it's really something.
1: Well, it
0: stands it stands up. You know what I mean? It's not just flash in the pan, fly by night kind of thing. It's It stood the test of 16 years and still going.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, a, a genius once said, losing all hope is freedom. Yeah. And um, a, a, a second point to that is is the projects prior to Wolf Brigade in my life that I've put the most into and cared the most about – and that I believe had the most potential for like real adult success that would have helped me live a little bit more normal life, or whatever the case was. Um, of course, mistakes were made on my part, but they were almost singularly derailed by other people's divisiveness um, and underhandedness. And so, with Wolf Brigade, there the people that help here and work here and train train others here, and and you know, have leadership roles here are phenomenal. And I I could not, I could not value them more, but I've built this thing in a manner that if tomorrow they all quit on the same day, the wheels still turn because I can't, I can't again take the risk of something that I cashed in all my chips on being derailed by someone else. And I, I'm, I'm not a selfish person in that way. So so keeping that concept close to close to my mind sucks, sucks for me. And, and it's not how my it's not how my mind works. But I mean, man, you know, when we got fucked before and had to close our print shop, I had to fire my brother on fucking Christmas. You know, it's, it's like you, you don't you don't bounce back from shit like that. Right. And you know some of the other stuff, like when I left the when I left the bike company in California that I mentioned, you know earlier on, that was at the hand of someone that I had trusted and helped and and worked hard with, um, and you know it, 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 you, you just you don't necessarily fully recover from that stuff mentally, and and I'm bad at compartmentalizing it, um, yeah. so so with with what I'm doing now, with what we're doing now. I I always refer to it as a group project because it is, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it is if it was just me. And, and I never lose sight of that for a moment. Um, but there's no chance that I'm going to risk removing that from, from the, the enormous amount of people that we help based on anyone else's inconsistencies at this point. It's just, it's just not, it's just not intelligent. It's not safe. Do you
0: remember a time like, cause I can, I can remember back to a few moments. And like I said, not going to park a bus on anyone and i'm not going to divulge the stories i'll tell you probably at some level down the road but um it just i can remember it was worse than like the 14 year old breakup when i got some of the news that i got about things that went sour behind my back or or whatnot you know i mean and you're 14 and it's your first girlfriend or whatever it is, and you think, Man, the world is over. This was even more hollow than that because it was like, This isn't just the world is over, it's like my future is now disrupted. You know, things that I saw becoming, like you said, an adult recognition of success, uh, and, and not at a level necessarily of like millions of dollars, but at a level oh, of like man.
1: Not. Yeah.
0: Man, I I can go to a restaurant and not yeah, that's worry right. about swiping my cars. That's
1: um, right. That's an important distinction to make. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about too.
0: Yeah, you know, and to me, I just I couldn't believe that this is where I was. It's like, man, you're fucking thirty two years old and you still like instead of realizing the first thought was, Man, you just got fucked over. It was like, Man, you're thirty two years old and you're a complete failure. And <laughs> it, it, it felt like that because while mine necessarily, my creativity hadn't always necessarily been in a business structure. I invested a lot of time and effort in other people and maybe even other people's projects to become a part of those things or to support those things or believe in them, and then to just see how swiftly it seems that that's forgotten or. Because yeah. you're not the guy that you were as far as performance, um, you were forgotten. And that's, you know, to, say, to tell you and to just let everybody know that is one thing I will say about Bert Soren. He couldn't tell you one lift that I ever did as far as a number. He doesn't know my, my PR list. And that's one of the things he prides on. He's like, I knew you were a lifter. I knew you were strong. Um, I knew that you were strongly, strong enough to, to be good at what you did. I cared about who you were. Yeah. And that's one thing, man, and I don't know if I've ever really kind of had that tie, but I met Bert really got to know Bert better after my injury. I met him before my injury, and then after my injury, he became instrumental in, like, Man, what can I do for you? You know, and he was just one of those guys that kept showing up, kept sending text messages or kept calling in a world where fucking nobody was like fucking nobody was called.
1: I mean, that's 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 insanely admirable and also shows like a lot of real insight, you know, because because realistically, you know, everything is the sum of its parts. And if you remove one of those parts, it gets replaced with something else if people are actually looking for it. Yeah um and and i think in i think in there somewhere there was a question of 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 can i relate to that and do i still feel that um yeah man i mean the, the you know the, the the two primary things that i mentioned were were big in the sense that that they were life changing because of what i had built around them you know i mean the the the, the bike company was a was a large company uh, owned owned by some people that didn't run it um, they had a, a few different divisions within the company and, and we ran the BMX parts company and the distribution and it was it was really really successful um, we, we paid a lot of people a lot of money um, I, I brought a bunch of my friends brands into the distribution company and we funneled money to them so they could grow and and I had built I had built something that I was extremely proud of. For a lot of people that I truly loved and cared about, and the mistake that the mistake that I made is um, certain types of people just always want more, and they will never be happy enough. And when they don't get what they want, they will try and take you out. So, so some of the angling there was a lot of the riders that we worked with, and a lot of the companies that we dealt with were extremely famous in those industries, in those in those small weird industries of BMX. And so, some of them had the ear of the owner some of them, the owner was fans of, on like a riding level. And I just, to be totally honest, because it's not a game I play, I got out angled and, um, it ended up impacting a ton of people really, really negatively. And, and, and for me, it ended up impacting me extremely negatively. Um, and, and we, we rubbed the dirt off and we, we climbed up and and did what we needed to do. But even that led to mistakes and, and challenges. Um, and and you know man i don't know just, fuck just pri- well <laughs> fuck it just just prior to that um when i started to know that it was going downhill um well well fuck it so what but, 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 but just prior to that before before i actually left um we had i <laughs> we had hired people that I knew were going to be great at their jobs, but as we do now, they sometimes had some peripheral problems. One of the kids in particular um, had a drinking problem, and he was just a really lovable salesman. He was a great salesman. He was, he, you know, he had a kid. He was just just caring, amazing dude. And the owners of this company, you know, although we were helping him on the back end, I mean, like, like doing everything we could. I mean, I pulled a shotgun out of the guy's mouth at at his, at at the place he was living at the time, you know, like we we were, we we were, we were doing everything we possibly could because we knew he was a good person. Um, but one day, you know, some sneaky rat fuck that worked in that company, you know, told the owners that he had been drinking during the day one time. And, and, and the, the, the even toughest thing for me to still reconcile is like, that was when he was turning a corner. Like we we knew it. Yeah. He was turning a corner, um, and and uh, one of my one of the decisions I regret in my life, uh, where I should have just not been a coward and stood up at all costs, is they made me fire him because I was in charge of that brand, um, and he killed himself the next day, and um, so at that point, my 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 psychological and personal investment in that company was gone. But I was still able to do enough for enough people where I held on, um, because I didn't want to impact them. And then this other situation unfolded where, where someone snuck right behind my back and, and, um, and kind of, kind of put the nail in the coffin and, and, uh, you know, so, so I still wear that stuff a lot. And then, and then of course the, the second one was, was back in 2009, we had made a partnership with someone despicable and, um, we had generated tons of money for their business, improved their companies at the time, really shitty visual reputation and done a lot of good for a lot of people that worked with that company and overnight, no notice, very similar to something else that happened recently. Um, the plug got pulled and we had built our framework around that partnership. And so, you know, when a small business like that loses, you know, 60 to 70 percent of its revenue in, in, a, in a matter of a short time, um, I did not adjust properly. Um, I should have let some people go that we had picked up to, to help us. I should have tried to consolidate space. But because they were my friends and I didn't want to do that. We tried to fight it out and we lost. And, and, you know, so, so I, 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 I do relate to exactly what you're saying and I still feel it a lot. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's definitely made it harder for me to trust people. And then even some of the more recent circumstances has made that increasingly hard. Um, uh, but you know, at at the end of the day, it's all kind of just insulated my, my clarity on, building Wolf Brigade to the point where even if I were to go tomorrow, even if everyone were to leave tomorrow, this thing is going to continue.
0: Man, thank you first of all um, for sharing that. I mean, I I can only imagine because I have my own sentiments and stories of guilt like that where an action or, you know, I think what The double-edged sword of that situation that you speak of is you feel like if you had done different things have been different and i have so many situations like that in my life where if i could have just gotten out of my own way or if i could have just you know seen the truth of a situation and changed my behavior that the outcomes might have been different um for someone else too, not just myself, not just a benefit to myself, but, you know, somebody might've had an easier road because my actions were different and I don't have a really easy time letting go of those. I don't don't have an easy time of forgiving myself for things like that because they're, they're extreme in your situation and in a situation that I can think of for my own story uh, the consequences were dire, you know. But were the two things correlated? I don't know. And that's that's kind of the only consolation I've been able to give myself in some situations is things that happened could have happened with or without my input, you know. Um, yeah. But it's yep. hard, man. It's fucking hard, and it's. it's it's very hard and, and speaking on this and knowing you better now and knowing all the things that you've been through i even consider it more grateful that you, you took my message and began to even open yourself up to that um, just when i initially messaged you as a fan you know
1: man and and i mean well th- thank you that's that's cool and insane to hear <laughs> and I guess it, it does circle back to that acceptance conversation that we had in the fact that like you you end up with a you end up with such a specific you know barometer, thermometer, gauge, whatever you want to call it um, for, for people's actual character. And you you end up with this ability to kind of like see through whatever they're trying to show you. And sometimes it just takes a couple of seconds of being near them and like maybe looking in their eyes in a time when like there's something a little bit challenging going on. And, and, and you know, I think I refer to it in a lot of my writing as the curse of awareness. And, and yep. you can you can see things that you don't necessarily want to see. But at the same time, too, the amount of trouble that that's kept me out of since some of these things that we've talked about, Um, and then also the amount of people that would have been a throwaway in any other context that I've seen something in, like people that in any other context probably would have been a throwaway are people that I've invested a lot in because you can just see it yeah and prior to those really negative situations i don't know that i would have been able to see I it
0: think, do you feel like it's a do you feel like it's a gift or a curse now that you have that information
1: well man i mean it's 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 both for sure and, and it's it's not trying to make it seem like you know some mystical thing but like you, you just when, when you when you feel heavy things and you keep them and you, and you think about them and you don't just toss them aside or relegate them to anger or something like that, you know I mean they teach some super super valuable lessons and and as much as a lot of times I'm not really interested in wearing some of these things, um, man they've helped me help people you know.
0: Man, I think um, I mean you certainly helped me you know just to. I guess maybe gain some confidence in some of the beliefs that I've held as far as about training or the the idea that training doesn't have to be one set thing or one set way down to the fact that it's like, hey, man, you can still be. and And this is something that we talked about. You know, where I would get messages of people, man, you're so positive. How do you stay so happy all the time? How do you do this kind of stuff? And I just want to reiterate I am very much, uh, and Terrence and I had a conversation about this yesterday. I'm very much. a terrible human at my worst. You know, I'm a violent person. I'm an angry person, a hateful person. Um, uh, very much like I told you yesterday, there are days when I want to walk down the street and I, and I have a problem that has no outlet to extend my anger on. So it's like, you just want to grab somebody by the back of the head and knee him in the face. Um, yeah. Just yep. because it represents something similar to what you're mad about, you know? And yeah. I, I don't want people to mistake that I have these feelings, you know, Terrence put it as the demons. He's like, I have the demons and I have these feelings and these, these emotions. So I don't ever want people to just see the guy that's happy and the guy that that's life is going okay. Because when I get out of the bed in the morning, some days, it's the furthest from that. And it takes tremendous effort. The same kind of, the same kind of resolve. I think it takes for someone like yourself to have experienced those things, but to still keep investing in people, even knowing that the majority of them are going to fuck you over, lie to you, steal from you, cheat you, you still keep doing it because you know the ones that that get it and the ones that value it. It's worth the pain. It's worth the struggle. So I know that because of my work to be positive, my per my work to inspire other people to be positive and to do positive things and do good things because they're the right thing, not because they're good for you. Man, it pays off when the person gets it, but it's hard. It's very, very fucking hard for me some days. And when I go silent on Instagram, it's because I can't stand Instagram. It's because I can't stand the noise of it. It's because I can't stand either side of this goddamn equation that we've created in this country where one side thinks they haven't figured out the other side thinks they haven't figured out and neither one of them is willing to come to the table to discuss the problems I mean, fuck, yeah. you know it's like, I'm thankful, so thankful that my hardships led me to, to talk to people like you, to talk to people like Terrence to meet people like Casey um, that have really just become people that understand me for the level of things that I'm talking about, like, you have you have a full range of emotions and you express them and you own them. I hate fucking talking to people that sit here and they're just like, well, I'm never mad. I, I don't ever have a bad day. I, yeah. I just wake up in the sun, sign it on the East and the West. You know, it's
1: like, sometimes that really is the only answer. But yeah. one of the things that I wanted to highlight, if we got a chance to was, was um, one of the messages that you shared to me after, uh, our last talk was was so simple but so insightful and 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 one of the gentlemen had said you know that that he wanted to that he wanted to thank me for for reminding him that it's possible to be dark and still positive positive. and um man i mean that is just that is incisive and sharp in a way that's it's 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 impressive to me i mean that's that that's the truth you know it's it's um i'm not a I'm not a grumpy person. I, I don't I don't walk around with a scowl. i'm I'm nice to everyone that's nice to me and and I, I love that. It's not canned. it's it's never manufactured. it's it's because that's what I'm usually feeling. Um, and and I think a lot of the reason that that's able to be the case is is that I use training and writing and and things like practicing tactics and and things that 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 can elicit positive minded violence. Um, as catharsis and I and I do it every day and and I do it all the time. I mean we you know we we made that we made that we made that exorcise daily shirt recently. I love it. Uh, And I mean it's 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 kind of it's kind of a funny, you know, off-character type, you know, stab at humor, but but it, it really is also exactly what we do in there. Um I mean it's it's uh if looked at properly, you know, details can exercise demons in, in the same way 3000 burpees for time can. Um, and, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of really, I think my saving grace and and when I've only, when I've only been dark, um, it is just when I've felt that my physicality was being truly taken away from me. And, um, at, at, at you know, at this point now, um, I I I will figure it out no matter what you know and 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 if the if the stuff that's happened already hasn't kept me down then 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 good luck um, and and I think that that's an important thing to be able to fall back on because you know as you touched on too man and I really respect the fact that we don't delve into it and it's the same way that I don't let people talk about it in the gym very seldom am I really firm with anyone in there but anytime anyone brings up any of this cultural or social stuff right now um, that gets squashed immediately because. Because there's got to be a place that's just a reprieve from that shit absolutely um, and and I, I really respect and, and admire and enjoy that we've managed to do that too so thank so thank you for that
0: oh man it's it's just important to me, I guess to show that you don't have to be this fucking boxed in thing like I dare somebody to ever try to to quantify who I am or what I am. I mean, there's a very small list of people that I would even classify that know me. You know what I mean? I, I have a lot of people that I care about and that, have, that are friends that I'm honest with. But man, a lot of my friends are living room friends. I don't have a lot of kitchen friends. And, and so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'll bring the that's dinner. A fun, you. That's
1: a fun thing you're putting the, it in
0: <laughs> You don't come to the dinner table and eat with me. But it's, it's not because I don't want that and seek that. It's just I have a high barrier of entry after so many times of letting people too close too fast, you know? And I, I think know. I do know. And taken advantage of, but I want people to hear. I don't, I, I'm so sick of the influencer shit where it's like, my life is perfect, this, this, and this. It, I, I'm more admiring and more like people like you who are willing to say, you know what? I have bad days. I have hard days. I have days where it doesn't make sense, where I don't feel like doing this, but I still figure out a way to move the needle forward. And
1: well, you know, it's, 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 it's most days, you know, when, when you're, when you're doing something that you're truly passionate about and, and, and your life feels more like a mission than a job. Most days have those components of negativity, um, but but not sharing them is is just not honoring your process. And I I just don't think that, that anyone that looks at what we do with any type of honesty or true interest simply wants to see us can it. You know, they don't want to see us phone it in Um, because because that's that's already out there, man. Like the the, the, the phone, the phoned in fakery is is so prevalent and thick right now that there's just there's no place for one more ounce of it. You know, it's even why, you know, outside of these things. And and, I mean, I, I. I respect our audience so much, but I, I also understand that like, man, in the last six months, people have heard everyone talk about everything. So it's, it's, it's when, when we put these things out and, and when I'll, when I'll talk on Instagram or something, it's when I feel like we really have something to contribute. If we don't have anything to contribute right now, then, then it's, it's best to just be quiet and, and focus on your own crafts.
0: That's exactly, I mean, I said the same kind of thing the other day. I, I, I think the worst thing that I via peace, love, and meat, which would also extend to peace, love, and meat as a whole, could become as a cliche. Oh, here's just another fitness page where they give you a daily workout. Like, you know, we just had to get the ball rolling and start, you know, formulating what people were interested in that we were also interested in, not, you know, not caving ourselves to appeal to the masses but just finding that vein where okay this feels honest this feels good to talk about and share and people are receptive to it you know and
1: i mean well, and you're talking you're talking about personal development versus personal presentation and sure. and and in my opinion in my my observation personal development is the only thing that's going to start leveling out any of these of these peaks and valleys that are going on right now yeah and and it, you know it's it's once people start focusing on what they can optimize in their own lives what they need to omit from their own lives i mean one thing i've one thing i've noticed and i'm only going to spend a second on this cuz it's not important at all is that it it's been extremely hard for me to focus on anything that is purely entertainment in the last three or four months. Yep. In the, the only things I've watched are movies that I've seen before that I know the ending and I appreciate the storylines. Yep. And, and the reality is I'm, I'm just not open to it. I'm not open. To, I'm not open to like sneaky subversive cultural suggestions. I'm not open to certain themes right now that are like already so prevalent in my mind that I can't watch another moment of it, whether it be fictional or non-fictional. Um, and, and, and I think, I think when that starts to occur, the upside of that is that it just demands personal development. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've started digging through like literally a decade of notes in my phone and in my notebooks and just started putting little pieces of them in our Instagram stories. I, prob- I love it. I, I love that you, you do?
0: I do. I think the dating of it is awesome because it shows continuity of thought.
1: Man, because I mean, like, there are so many, and, and it's it, it feels a little bit self-aggrandizing. But like, I I want to make sure that that stuff gets shared, and I want to make sure that if it helps five people, that it was worthwhile, you know. And and if if I were still, if I were still in the point where like I cashed myself out, I came home, I may have watched some documentary or some episode of something, um, I wouldn't have probably gotten that done. And and now that some of that stuff has just turned me off completely it's really kind of switched on some of these other channels that are more important. Um, so I think, I don't know, that that could be a positive takeaway of at least of at least some of this unrest. I think so.
0: I think so too in that, you know, I got to spend some time West, uh, when I was on my hunt and I had to go back out there for um, some client work. And what I realized, you know, one, whether it be lack of service or just the busyness of the physical, like, always being on the move, always carrying shit, always lifting shit. Um, and I'm talking like in the mountains, you know, you don't have a lot of time to just sit and scroll and the conversations. So the thing that I love about those type of situations is the, the conversations are so finite because when you're chasing, let's say, a mule deer, you have one objective the entire day. Like, Yeah, you know, you're going to go to the bathroom. You know, you're going to brush your teeth. You know, you're going to eat. You know, you're going to sleep. But, like, your entire focus that day gets dwindled down to one thing. You know, and it doesn't matter how high the mountain is that you have to climb to glass down to find the deer. That's yeah. If you want to find the deer, that's the mountain you climb, like, non-negotiable. It's, man. You know? And it it just it reminded me of of the idea that once upon a time, you know, I was I worked on a farm and I saw that in action day in, day out (laughs) between the farms that we worked, you know, uh, Monday, we're going to set tobacco on Rodney's farm Tuesday everybody that came and helped on Monday at Rodney's farm well, Rodney and his gang are going to go over to John's farm and we're going to set tobacco there on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to work down at Jim's, you know, but everybody pulled together and, and, There was very little fuss, there was very little talk about politics, there was very little talk about money, there was very little talk, I mean, nobody had any money, nobody could change the politics, so why not just focus on what you got, which is like, damn, we got a group of eight to ten people that show up every day ready to work their asses off. Uh, you, you know, In the morning, they'd come in with a bag of Dairy Queen uh, twin-pack sausage biscuits, <laughs> sit around and eat those and talk with everybody, have coffee or soda or water, yeah. whatever it was. Midday, you had a sack bologna sandwich with Frito chips. And, a, and if you were lucky, the older guys would bring you a beer because you're 16. you know, And you get up in the barn, work all day, and at night, you have a potluck. Everybody comes together. And it was like, so the guys were in the field working. Some of the ladies, the elderly grandmother types, were at home cooking, and like everybody, just had their singular focus. But because everybody was working towards the same goal, you didn't have to have ten things on your mind because everybody was accountable for their actions. You know, and it just—I mean, this type of situations, I do well, and things make sense. I guess that's a long-winded version to say that.
1: Well, but 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 it, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, and, and it's 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 fascinating to think about how much I was sitting here and how much you were sitting there romanticizing that, that truly by nature, very unromantic scenario, you know, and and it's just because things have traveled so far from that, like singularity and and that focus at some levels, but at other levels, it is still demanding it. And in, in other levels still, it's demanding it even more and and I, I and and as as i said too if 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 any of this leads to more personal development, that will be how all the playing field starts to level out um the you know the the the, the current infighting and everything like that takes away from so much of that. And I, 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 I believe I, I, I do pat myself on the back for not getting involved in it. Um, no matter how strongly I feel about something, I just understand that right now there are just things that I can not impact and I'm better just staying in my lane and impacting the things that I can.
0: Let me ask you, have you, have you gone to to post things and then just been like at the point of pressing post or, you know, share to your story, And it's like, it's there, it's typed out. The post is perfect. And you're like, just not going to do it.
1: (laughs) Well, to to be honest, I mean, uh, that happens to me occasionally, even before all this. But now what it's been is, is sharing things that I see that are either passionate or incisive, or in my opinion, super accurate. But, but in my opinion, that would just generate conversation with people that I just simply don't want to talk to. Yeah. And. And I'm, I'm I'm unless someone is 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 disrespectful or and, and I I, w- I will admit that Instagram gets a little overwhelming sometimes like we, we we I know you can relate to this like we get quite a few messages at this point but if someone writes something great to us I always respond if someone writes something negative to us I always respond and and unless unless the negativity is like just purely evil-minded and hurtful. It can often be leveled out. Um, but it also takes a lot of energy and strategy to do that. And man, like like everyone's tanks are down right now. And the energy and strategy I have, I need to keep for the people that I actually care about. Not not some not some nitwit that's seen one thing that we did and thought that they wanted to share their three paragraph opinion on it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's uh I think it's just it's trying times because the medium is It's so stunted. You know, I've read your books. um, I've read your articles, or a lot of them anyway, and I've watched your videos. And you're not a guy that's a 280-character person. You're not a – you know, I would imagine you can do that. Sure. Your your thoughts are complex, and they're deep, and they're nuanced, and there's subtlety to them, and there's – You know, some of the things you talk about, if you if you don't know the artist or you don't know the album or you don't know the reference from the book or the movie, um, it can kind of go over your head and be misinterpreted or misunderstood. And I like that because it challenges me like, wow, this is a guy that's that's laying Easter eggs into all these things, if you know.
1: (laughs) And. Well, we want people to look. I mean, the the, the, the goal is to create more seekers. You know, the, the, go, the goal is not to stand on some type of like pedestal and yell down to a bunch of people. The goal is not to preach to a choir. The goal is to is to sow seeds and create seekers and then they'll find their methods of improvement and some of them might be ours and some of them might not be, you know? And, and the, 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 short character stuff. Sure. I mean, we, we have a lot of posts that are very succinct and short, um, but a lot of them are longer and they feature pictures that don't track well on Instagram and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's something else I'm not going to complain about because it's a total first world problem. But like we, we are squashed on Instagram in a way that is so confusing to me. I mean, we've we we when we had half the people looking at us that we did several years ago, the reach, the engagement, all that important stuff. From a marketing perspective, from a growth perspective, was through the roof. Now, I mean, we've got really, really great people with with tons of followers and all this kind of stuff, posting us, linking us. We literally get nothing. So, so it's yeah. it, it's really it, it, you get you get punished for intelligence um, in these bite-sized platforms, and and we just refuse we just refuse to play the game. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna post trite fucking commodified bullshit just yeah. to find a few more people that probably aren't going to be interested in what we're doing anyway.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing it's an interesting point because I don't want to be, I don't want to reach out to people. I'm more comfortable being found, you know, whereas before I think there was a compulsion or a need because I felt so little value for myself. I needed that constant reassurance and value from an outside source. Um, But now it's like, no, I believe in what I'm doing. I'm honest with what I'm saying. I'm true in my actions. They everything matches up. You know, there's no, there's no bullshit. Well, I mean, I guess we all have bullshit in our own, in our own ways, but I mean, things that I could work on, but as far as who I am and what you get versus what you expect, I think those two things are very in line. And, um,
1: I mean, Actions matching words, as my friend Paul says. You know, I mean, yeah. it's 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 just a, it's such a simple concept that can be encapsulated in three words that almost everyone I've ever met misunderstands.
0: Well, I, I want to kind of open the door, and you know, I know I know that we got to be sensitive of time here. We've been going off just two hours. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, one la- one thing I guess that we'll talk about out of the context of current society, but in the context of current society is that I don't have to agree with every single thing that you're, that you believe for us to be friends. You know, our differences oftentimes will open up conversation points where it's like, I'm not trying to convert you to my think, way of thinking. You're not trying to convert me to your way of thinking, you know, entirely. We're just having a share and exchange of ideas. Why mm-hmm. is it so fucking difficult for people right now? Like, why can't we just celebrate the fact that either, hey, we're different and we don't have to be the same or we're different and we don't have to associate at all? Like, why the fuck does it have to be conflict?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I think about that a lot. And, and as someone that has far more insecurities than most people might believe, the um, insecurity causes people to not want to hear opinions other than their own when they don't have a firm identity, in my opinion. And for, for me, the insecurities may be there, but I know exactly who the fuck I am. And that that makes me be able to really appreciate a lot of things that may not have anything to do with with who I am. Um, I mean, most of the people that I would consider friends at this point and and you're for sure on the list. I mean, you sent you sent me a a wonderful country song and I do not like country music and and I listened to it and I appreciated it. And I I like the lyrics. I like the imagery. And then subsequently, I've sent you some stuff that I know is not your cup of tea but that I think thematically you probably appreciated. Oh, and absolutely. I, I mean, th- that's, that's how the game is played. I mean, unless, in, in unless you want to be, you know, um, uh, a, a square on the sidewalk and that's all you ever want to be, you have to be able to see past those parameters. And, you know, th- this is not some like love everybody, love everything sentiment. Um, there are things that I dislike and I'm intractable on that, but, I'm also happy to discuss them and, and more, more times than not, I'll find a counterpoint that actually sparks curiosity. And, and I mean, I enjoy that, you know, I mean, there's, there's very, very polarizing people that I know that, that are, are misread simply based on like, the the lowest level variables the lowest hanging fruit they look a certain way they speak a certain way whatever the case is but when when the when the chips fall they are some of the most interesting knowledgeable insightful caring people that i know that the world will never get to see any of that and and especially the current world but the 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 one thing that i do like about it and i like it in kind of a sneaky way is that is that with, with the instant access, faceless communication nature of our current society, it does keep at least a little bit of stuff behind the veil. And and even with how we present ourselves and how I handle myself personally, I think that that's really, really important. At, at, at no point do I want anyone that looks at what we're doing to think that they've got it all figured out.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's I think that's a value point, too, and something that I've kind of kind of taken to that I never did before. Like I always went for this idea of if you're doing it, like because I was trying to convince myself of what authenticity was. Like I was trying to really have these conversations of like, what is authentic on Instagram? What is authentic? So I thought, okay, don't save anything, post everything in the moment. Well, what that does is that forces your hand to keep continuously doing things so that you can create rather than cultivating as you go, maybe doing a little more, you know, leg work in the moment. Like, you know, when I was out west, don't just take the five or six really cool photos, take 500 photos. Now you have options. Now you have a story to tell and maybe you can jog your memory when you go back and look at these things. So now if you were talking about a content point where, you know what, I'm going to be over here and I just don't feel good for a few days, but Hey, I need to put something out, out there of value. Or maybe if I post something or share something I'm feeling right now, that'll help me get out of this, then I can go back and use those things. So my Instagram is somewhat on a delay. I mean, some of my training stuff, absolutely not. But some of the other pictures and whatnot are because I understand now nobody is obligated to post or share anything ever. So why was I feeling (laughs) this way? Other than the fact that I was no longer in control of myself. I was being controlled by the algorithm. I was being controlled by this compulsion to to do something rather than nothing. And I now mean, that's, it's like
1: nothing- that's a that's a smart way of putting it, and it's also a sustainable way of putting it. I mean, unless unless people have, in my opinion, uh, a team or a, mar- a real like marketing strategy person or something like that anyone that's constantly creating content is exclusively doing that as a job. I mean, if, if I had to make much more for the internet than I already do, I would be taking away from the real elements of what I'm doing that I need to be doing well and better all the time.
0: Sure. Well, I I just think that I guess, we'll, I guess we'll end it here. Cause it's, it's been two hours and this yeah, is man. a fine point to put it.
1: This is, this has I, been great. This has been great. Again. I, I, I Can't thank you enough.
0: Well, I can't thank you either. And I think that's the point is that five years ago, you know, I I said, I'm glad that we didn't introduce ourselves (laughs) again, because I don't think you would have liked me. And I certainly wouldn't have appreciated all that you had to offer. And I think as a, as a period point on this entire conversation, let our friendship be proof that there's a lot left to this world than what we see you know because you are you're in a space doing amazing things creative things and, and you know engineering ideas and I was right in the heart and soul of the fitness industry and knew very little about it. So don't think just because you see things, they mean things. What you don't see might mean just as much. It's like it's like the, comp, the concept of Japanese uh, painter uses. He said, every time I add a black stroke to the to the canvas, I'm taking away from the white that's already there. You know. <laughs> so.
1: I, I don't have anything smarter than that to say, man. That's a perfect. <laughs> that, that's that's a perfect ending to this lovely conversation.
0: Well, that's it then, man. Uh, Greg, I, I really appreciate you, and I appreciate all that you do, and I appreciate what you've added not only to my training but but to my life. Uh, it's it's good to know that I have a friend like you out there, man. Thank you very much.
1: I, I appreciate that so much, and and I. I I I respect so much the fact that people take the time to listen to these things. And I think the same thing that I tried to put at the end of the last one is, is if there's anything that you guys are curious about, it's clear that, that we have a good rapport, Brandon, and I have a good rapport. And and if if there's anything you're curious about, we would of course, both be very curious to hear it. Uh, And and thank you so much. That's it. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. And again, this is just another one in the catalog of many. I hope so. Yeah, man. Hang on the line. I'm going to end the recording and then uh, we'll chat for a second. Thanks so much. Okay.
1: Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you.